It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Welcome. You're listening to Bucked Up with Sam Buck. Thank you for doing it. I was oh, yeah, just uh, I was just watching that video you posted um of at the at the basketball game. <laughs> yeah. That was just hilarious. A little like not feeling like like just over time not feeling like you're anybody still <laughs> did that happen where you had a game uh not exactly but there was a circumstance where basically i thought i was going to be like kind of acknowledged to some degree because usually i am when i go to an event like people they go oh, kiddos in the building or whatever the hell and then i went to this thing and like literally i was like nobody i was like oh yeah i am nobody i forgot <laughs> <laughs> i was like i forgot i am nobody it's uh that's a humbling experience <laughs> did you ever like did you do sketch right like as a because you're fucking hilarious like i'm a stand-up comedian so i love like comedy and like your sketches are fucking hilarious thank you and no, i appreciate that but no i i just uh, used to make skits with my cousin since the age of 12 so that's a long time ago um and i used to just shoot skits like non-stop like if i show you a basket in my basement i literally have maybe 200 dv tapes and cassettes of sketches me and my cousins would just make every day so that's the comedy timing just over time worked out and then it know? just moved to rap after that like making music videos and shit kind of no like uh, i've always been shooting music videos uh since i was like 16 or 15 i was shooting them and getting paid to do them um and then not not more than four years ago did i actually start getting involved in the actual scene itself you, know, you were what was the first you said you were 16 when you started was it was it rap uh, when you were shooting yeah. your first music video yeah professionally so i was always shooting like you know sketches and comedy my whole goal was to make feature films like growing up that was my only goal really and then uh i realized like i need to make money so somebody had reached out to me and they said hey you make movies don't you and i was like yeah like, why don't you come shoot a music video and I was like, all right, they paid me. So I was like, all right. And then I, that was, it was my first experience shooting with this artist when I was about 16. Uh, that's kind of where I started in the game. Are they doing anything now, that artist? He tries, man. <laughs> <laughs> he really tries, man. And I, I give him props because his parents kicked him out of the house. He went through, a, it, it was so funny because I started with him when we were really young and he was always persevering. And then I just remember like, not seeing him for years and years and years and then one day just his instagram popped up and i was like oh my god you're still doing this like you're still fucking rapping like i couldn't i couldn't believe this was like two years ago like, i can't believe this um but yeah a lot of people that i knew when i was younger still persevered and there's I, I guess when you have the creative gene and the creative like mindset you you can't really always give it up so some people just never quit you know yeah it's that's true but it's also too bad when they they keep going and they're not getting better like i'll have friends who like won't take criticism of any kind and it's like well fucking how are you gonna get better like the only reason <laughs> i get better is like i'll try to listen like i bet you get so much hate for the shit you say oh yeah for sure so you said you're you do uh stand up yeah mm -hmm. where do you would you perform at local clubs how long you've been doing it for so I'm actually, I'm from Massachusetts. I live outside of Boston. So I've been doing it like seriously, like every day for, you know, I do it, you know, I perform every night. Um, since I graduated college, it was like the only thing I wanted to do. So a long, long time. And then uh, 
And then I'm moving to New York. Hopefully I'm moving to New York next month. And so I'll be able to do the podcast from the city and stand up from the city and kind of move on up because Boston is a good scene, but it's a, you know, a smaller scene. Yeah. I mean, I know there's some spots out there. I know, but I know right now Texas is popping and uh, I know uh, Denver is popping, popping. Um, LA was kind of popping and I think that's kind of dying off now. Yeah. But a, a I lot have of so people many are friends going to Austin. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking Joe Rogan, man. He, he I fucking, know. fucking did it. <laughs> are you like a are you a stand-up fan or a comic? Did you ever like want to do it or yeah, I never got the guts to do it yet. Uh, but my uh growing up I was always watching Chappelle. You know, I watched Killing Him Softly and all of his um stand-ups, and I think he was my first major influence. Um, and then I was always watching, I don't know if you remember Comedy Central used to have like uh they used to have this thing. I forget what it's called. It's like Comedy Central Stand Up Presents. And then it would yeah. be like, mm-hmm. yeah, some kind of newer uh, comedian. And I used to watch like Dat Fan and like uh, Aries Spears and stuff. And I was just like, fuck, I love this shit, you know. But I never got the guts like you to get on stage and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's funny that you will like, but you got the guts to do other shit. Like it's, you know, <laughs> like you're successful. And it's not like you didn't do anything. But yeah, comedy was always... I got in a bad hockey accident. I didn't even play hockey. I just wanted to play hockey to impress a girl. And then like two months after starting, I got in a real bad accident. And I just had to like lay in a room for a month. And I just like listened to stand up and podcasts. Mm. And I was like, oh shit, this is something I want to do. And I just, <laughs> I was like 16. I've just been ever since then. What, what kind of hockey it. accident did you have? <laughs> this is the stupid, like looking back now, it was such a stupid thing. I went to the number one like hockey high school, like almost in the country. And I'd never played hockey before. And the girl I was dating broke up with me. And I was like, I want to date a hockey guy. And then I was like, well, I guess I'll try playing to get her back. And uh, like in practice, our first like scrimmage, I got hit from the back and my head hit the boards and I hit the ground. Never played hockey again. Didn't get her back. She left me for a deaf hockey player. And uh, jeez, man! And now I'm a stand-up. <laughs> now, now I'm a comedian. <laughs> hey, it all worked out. <laughs> I uh, I actually played hockey for a long time too, man. I played roller and ice, and uh, the I I didn't realize the transition from roller to ice would be so fucked up. I didn't realize you can't just transition from roller to ice. Like it's not the same thing at all. Yeah. So I was playing ice and my team actually made it to the playoffs. Dude, the fucking my girlfriend's in the stands, okay? This is like and I'm still sucky at skating, I'm still sucky at everything. <laughs> They're like blasting the music, getting everybody like out, like, oh, oh team one is out. And I came out fell instantly as I got on the ice, like instantly, and I was on my knees just sliding because I couldn't get up and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I just remember like, dude, imagine just sliding. And like everybody's just staring at you, like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but after that, I kind of, I was like, you know, what, let me stop with the sports, man. I, I, I want to do it, but I don't think it's working out for me. <laughs> Look where we are. We <laughs> hockey changed. Yeah. Embarrassing hockey incidents changed us. Yeah, I haven't really ever met a funny guy that's good at sports. It's, I don't think I found a funny guy that's actually good at sports. Yet no, that's, <laughs> they have too much at that point. You can't be <laughs> athletic and funny. That doesn't. That doesn't happen that's why yeah, it's nice it's- when you see like i don't know like peyton manning whenever he was on like snl and shit was like pretty funny and i'm like mm. shit or when i see i guess that's not true you said you were a Chappelle fan so like he would talk about how like rappers are really funny 
And it's like, they are yeah. like, they're hilarious. You know, yeah. like that is true. There are most uh, rappers I know are actually superbly funny. And sometimes I go, like, some of the ones who are okay at rapping, I'm like, dude, you should try comedy, bro. I like, say the same thing. I'll be like, yeah. you should come with me and perform. And they're like, oh, no, I couldn't do that. Man, no, seriously. They have some serious, because their punchlines in their rap songs are seriously funny sometimes. But then sometimes it's literally just like, dude, you don't realize that, like, you don't have to be a rapper. You could actually try other venues of entertainment and still be very well uh, respected and stuff and still hold your gangster image. Nobody's going to yeah. think you're soft because you're a comedian, dude. Like, you could still be a hard comedian. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. It's, uh, do you know who Mayhem Loren is? He, he's like, um, he's Action Bronson's opener. He like co hosts his show and stuff, but he was always talking like, like the biggest gangster smile. Like, you don't have to be like all tough all the time. Like, you can laugh and have yeah. a good time. That's why I like the Michigan scene a lot. It's like, it's hilarious. Like, oh, yeah. some of the punchlines and shit. And like, I know you're not a big fan of YNJ, but <laughs> you watched that clip, didn't you? I did watch that clip. You know what's actually Have hilarious about that? that? <laughs> what's that? Have you gotten hate from that? No, you know what's actually really funny? I don't really listen to that guy at all, but my name is um on a song that he's in. Yeah, Wasada, um, right? He shouts yeah. you out. So like uh, that was the only messages I started getting. Like, bro, didn't they like put you on a song? Why the fuck would you do that? And then I was like. Bro, it has nothing to do with somebody stealing somebody else's fucking style. I kind of felt like um, Joe Rogan called out uh, Carlos Mencia. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, I mean, obviously, I'm not at that stature at all, even 1%. But, like, I, I kind of felt like, dude, like, everybody's obligated to support the guys who don't have a voice, no matter mm -hmm. what level you're at. It's not like Joe Rogan was the biggest guy in the world. He was obviously substantially bigger than whatever fucking name I have. But it's like you have that obligation to point things out that are unjust and if you can get that reach and you can get that out there then you you're, you're obligated man you can't let like the guy you can't let little guys get stepped on like that especially because i like that, that the guy he stole the style from what's you know, the guy's I, name because i i'd love to listen to his stuff his name is young lillard y-u-n-j oh sorry i'm sorry young Lil lord so y-u-n-j l-i-l lord so, i'll have to check uh, that out but he started yeah, that like style dude totally got ripped bro like to like i wouldn't say it if it wasn't true he, he got ripped fucking yeah. ripped is there like a difference in scenes between like flint and detroit um a little bit i don't really pay attention to the flint scene too much um i don't really pay attention to any of the scenes really to be to be honest so i know a lot of people think i do i really don't yeah i, I just know who i know and uh that's all i base it off of you know i don't really get too deep into it well, yeah, you probably have. I mean, you do. I, I watch every episode of your podcast where you review the music. Like, you just get so much that you're probably, like, inundated with by it. You know what I mean? Like, every week you're watching these artists, and sometimes they're good, but a lot of times they're trash. <laughs> yeah, I would say so, man. Uh, uh, it's it's I, Like I said, I don't pay attention to the music, the scenes. I listen to, like, you know, I don't really listen to hip-hop as that's like I listen to like five percent of hip hop in my whole portfolio of what I listen to every day. It's like five percent of it would be hip hop, and what do you maybe just. To? Um, I actually, dude, I go back to like Led Zeppelin, The Beatles, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Radiohead, Muse, System of a Down, Nirvana. You know, like I'm not. Music is music to me, though. So like, even I am a hip hop fanatic. Like when 
I grew up listening to the majority of the time hip hop, but then once I hit age 20, I broke away from it and I got, it got too repetitive. But when you listen, when I'm on the podcast, listening to music for me, it's not really about it being rap or hip hop. It's more as like, is this a good song or not? Like, mm-hmm. does it make sense? Does it sound good? Is it entertaining? I don't really look at it as like, oh, it's a hip hop song. Therefore, ha- you know, like that's how I'm sectionizing or, you know, kind of holding, you know, putting it into perspective like that. So that's kind of how I look at it. I just look at it as music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's music. <laughs> Do you feel like you should get other, like, are people are going to start sending you classical songs like that they composed or like some singer songwriter, <laughs> like some, some depressed dude with a ponytail and a guitar <laughs> is going to send his song in for you to review? Yeah, there has been people who sent music that's not hip hop oriented, which is awesome. Um, you know, I think once the podcast get podcast gets bigger and bigger, it's gonna because you only average like three to five thousand views, right? So it's like it's still very relatively micro. But I think once it gets to like ten to twenty thousand views, I think more people are from other you know genres will will hop in. Hopefully, you know. Well, what made you start it then? If like rap isn't something that you're, did you just start it to listen to music? No, no, no. I like I said, I've always been hip hop oriented growing up. I just don't really listen to it as much anymore. But yeah, um, I just woke up. I, I you know, I, I'm I'm very involved in the scene in, in Detroit in the hip hop community. I'm very, very involved in it. So I used to make skits like three or three about three years ago, four years ago about how everything's repetitive and the same in the hip hop scene in Detroit. And at, at, back then, I was actually getting more noticed for it than I am now. Um because I was more aggressive in how I was saying it. I was very, very aggressive how I was saying how everything's repetitive and the same and all that shit. Anyway, one day, like a couple of years ago, I woke up, I was like, dude, I got to fucking let these guys know they're fucking all sound the same. Like, and I just went and I started the studio set up and I said, let me just show myself reviewing music. And then literally it just took off instantly. Like every week I was getting booked and booked and booked to uh, review people's music. So I was like, fuck it, people are listening to me. Big names were wanting were from the city wanted to get on so i was like okay i'm doing something right you know that's have you i mean you do shit on some people's music do you get like hate do people like get angry at you yeah at first it was really 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 bad like i had death threats i had people saying they were gonna like don't come to the city or don't come here don't come there um i had people who had confronted me in person um i had people who well how'd you get wait how long into it did you get confronted in person uh within the first two months of me doing it and you kept going yeah and then i also got confronted by a major platform like there's like three major platforms in detroit for music and one of those platforms reached out to me saying hey you need to stop that show and he said I was uh, culture appropriating and, and um, stuff like that. He was a really, really major name in the city. And I, I screenshotted what he had said to me and I posted it. And he just got serious backlash when I posted it because they were like, shut, they were basically telling his platform to shut the fuck up because they were saying like, I'm not culture appropriating and there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. And I actually had major names in the city, like major, major names in the city come to my defense in person against that guy who ran that platform and saying, don't fucking talk to our guy. Like, leave him the fuck alone. He's not culture appropriate and leave him the fuck alone. That actually, I thought that was going to hurt my leg, like hurt what I was doing, but actually ended up making what I was doing even bigger because of that conflict interested people that that person of such stature went after me, a little guy. And 
they knew I was in the right. Nobody supported. Actually, there was a few people who supported him or that were on his side. But overall, the majority of it was on my side, um, which was very shocking. Like, literally, I had like 500 comments of people saying, don't worry, you're fine. You're good. Don't we're, we support the fuck out of you. Don't worry about this fucking guy, which was shocking to me. You know, it was shocking. I mean, that's your Joe Rogan moment. You're talking about like <laughs> that literally you literally just described his story, but in your <laughs> like your terms, like you got in the micro scale. Up. Yeah, in the micro yeah, scale. Yeah, on a micro yeah. scale, but like you <laughs> stood up and people came to support because it was real shit. Like you're not doing it to be rude. Like it's never from a place of like hatred. You're actually trying to be like, listen, if you want to do so like if you want to do something you actually have to like listen to advice and get better yeah and um you know if you watch gordon ramsay or if you watch anybody who is like so inclined to sharpen people's abilities they're not all nice and gentle about it you know what i'm saying and i was never i never liked when people were i i always made bigger strides and change in my life when somebody was harsh and cut with me versus if they were so so polite with me if you're so, so polite with everybody, it's not going to shake their heads off. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. plus on another scale, a lot of people like con- like confrontational uh, criticism because it just for whatever reason, people like the sensation of like, oh my God, he's fucking like tearing this guy apart. So I would always tell people like, listen, even though I'm tearing your ass apart right now, you're getting more exposure. If I wasn't doing it the way I was doing it, nobody will fucking watch so it's either this show doesn't exist and you don't send your music and you don't get a review or the show exists and you get a review, even though I might be harsh. With you. So pick yeah, a fucking it's like can... you put yourself in that situation. It's like, yeah. who's that dude who just roasts the fuck out of women? He's always online. Uh, Keith Samuel. What's that? What's that dude's name? Uh, I, I know a lot of dude. dude's name. I know a lot of... um, he always wears a suit and then he tells women the why they suck. And they'll like call in and they'll be like, he'll be like, how much do you weigh? How many kids do you have? Like, (laughs) what the fuck is that guy's name? Anyway, like they put themselves in that situation. It's not like you're picking random songs off the internet and like just roasting the fuck out of them. Like, yeah, no, I've never went and, and searched a song. I always made it. You have to send it in. Yeah. And have has any of the artists actually like becomes you've been doing it what for like over a year now, right? Man, I, I want to say two years. We're in episode sixty-five tomorrow, so and I've been doing it once a week, so that would mean it's about a year and a few weeks if you yeah. think about it. Yeah. Has anyone like blow? Has anyone like gotten big after being on your podcast? You know, it's insane. There's three artists that actually got some decent ass exposure based off my reviews. One of them, um, as there's three that were good songs and one person that was a bad song, but he still got major exposure because I blew it. I lit his ass up. I, I posted his clip saying like the worst song of the night. And he actually got a lot of exposure because a lot of people were opposed to me saying that it was the worst song. <laughs> so, uh, yes, there's one artist named 2G Scoob who got a lot of exposure. There is an artist named, um, Oh my god! Uh, oh my god! Why the heck did I just forget his name? Well, there's a couple artists that they're IMB Tay, and there's another artist that's slipping my mind. But a lot of major artists actually reposted his song after I posted it, and they didn't credit whatever. They didn't like credit the fact that it was on my podcast. But everybody started reposting this guy's song. I cannot believe I can't remember his name. Uh, but then there was this one guy who made a song that was terrible, but it was actually good. 
was weird. It was like a disco song. And his uh, his song ended up getting a lot of exposure, and he ended up getting a lot of exposure because of the podcast. Oh, really? So, yeah, it's it was, only a few people. There's one artist. I listened to that. Um, Hellboy Rod is his name. There was, he yeah, was Hellboy. on, and I actually, I actually fuck with him, and that's... I mean, like one of the, uh, I mean, I like that cash addicted with, uh, I like cash wheelchair, addict, yeah. Yeah, cash yeah. Addict. I like wheelchair goat a lot. Um, but there are some good, so like, but it is like you, like you also are good. You do your inter you interview artists too, which you, mm -hmm. you started that after you did the, um, the music reviews. Yeah. That was like maybe three months ago or less. Yeah. But you're yeah. getting like big names on your shit. Like it's cool that it, you, the podcast is taking off. Like it's it's cool to watch and see like the bigger names get on it. You know what I mean? In the area. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. no, I appreciate that. Yeah. Do you you said you didn't think it was gonna like blow up off like when it first started? Uh the music reviews, um, no. And I don't like I wouldn't even consider it blowing up. I would say that. The interesting thing about the podcast is that, I mean, every week it gets three to 5,000 views on Instagram, right? Like mm -hmm. consistently, it, it, it rarely misses. And then sometimes it'll hit 10 to 15,000 views, depending on if a major artist was on it and who reposted it. Sometimes it would get like 10 to 15,000 views, which is awesome. But um, I think the thing that's interesting is that the people watching it are very either in the industry and they actually care people who are like it's about who's watching it more than the views for me that's the thing mm -hmm. about it. it's like i know and the people that engage with it and that care to give feedback and care to engage with the actual artists that are on the podcast um but uh i'm sorry what was the question again my apologies no i don't even remember at this point but it's true i think the authenticity it's not you're just doing it for views that's what makes it more interesting like like this podcast you know people said don't start a podcast over quarantine or whatever because everyone does it but i was authentic i wanted to talk to the people i'm i'm fans of like i don't listen to many podcasts but i like your podcast so i want to talk to you and i like <laughs> that type of like and the authenticity is what shows i hope in my work but it shows in your work it shows that you're not just doing it to be like oh you know how many views am i going to get it's like no you're doing it cuz you want to do it. You like it. Yeah. And I, that's one of the most, you know, the, the things that gets me excited. And I think what you were asking me earlier is about how those guests that I get on the show. Um, and there's some, some names that were kind of, you know, pretty relevant in the scene. And uh, I've actually built a relationship with over those people. Everybody, just like how you said, like, I only want people that I really like or am interested in. That's the same thing I'm doing with the podcast where people come on the show with like their interviews and stuff. Everybody there, I actually had a relationship with previously or worked with and or I was interested in meeting them and had them on. Um, and that's always how I want it to be. I don't think I'm ever going to do it where I'm not I'm totally not interested. But uh, on a side note. Workout for me with the interviewing people on the podcast, it's a workout every week. I don't really sometimes I will interview people that it, maybe I don't I'm not totally interested in, but it's I, I know that I'm working out. Because when I watch the Joe Rogan podcast, I always remember him talking about working out, like just keeping your the, the muscles going, you know, in your brain that help you to interview somebody or help you engage with somebody and talk and, and knowing your spots and when to talk, when not to talk and generating ideas, remembering ideas and, and being creative throughout that process.
do you you said you're like practicing do you see like do you want you said you wanted to make a movie do you want to write a movie one day or do you want like a talk show do you have like growing ideas um you know i want to make a movie one day i'm not totally sure about when that's going to happen um but right now yes i'm I'm working out it's just like how stand-ups i know you you go to i mean i used to work at a comedy uh comedy club and did you um yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to work at Detroit Comedy Underground. I was, uh, you know who Mike Stanley is? Yes, um, I do, uh-huh. Yeah, Mike Stanley owned the Detroit Comedy Underground before he went to Denver. And I used to film the stand-ups. And I saw a lot of stand-ups that just blew my, they were from, the, you know, major TV shows or they were, and I was always, like, it was kind of interesting because I didn't realize they were working out when I first got there. Like the first few weeks, I was like, "Why are you telling these jokes? These jokes suck." <laughs> and then one day, I realized, "Oh, he's, they're working out. Like this is their way of working out. Like they would grab their like notebook and look at their notebook. I'm like, why are you looking at the notebook, dude? Like you're a fucking comedian.' Then one day, I was like, "Oh, this is they're they're just grinding and and twisting, turning the wheels." Um. So one second. Sorry, I disconnected there. Am I still here? No problem. Yeah, you're still there. Um, so yeah, I, I realized that was part of the process and now I'm learning that this is what happened? No. Yeah. Like, I mean, even though I knew like people, oh, kind of already, it's like, I came to say, say is if happening? I didn't have my current roommate now, I would have just like found a sublet. Oh, <laughs> oh, hold on. Hey. oh it's me. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. All right, you were talking about what comics work out. I was like, oh, who is that voice? Where is that voice coming from? Laura arrived. Sorry. Continue. Is she, am I still connected? Am yeah, I you're still connected. Up? Yeah, you were talking okay. about like seeing comedians look at their notebooks and being like, what are you doing? Yeah, so everybody was working out and then I would study it and I would just be like, oh, this is working out. This is how you get, you grind the wheels until you figure out who you are. And I feel like I've been doing that. And I feel like what I'm doing now is... For whatever the fuck I'm going to do in the future, I'm preparing for three years from now, four years from now. So all these interviews I'm doing, even the music reviews, I never miss a week. I'll never miss a week. If I'm every week, I'm interviewing somebody every week. I'm doing the podcast every week. I'm making one skit every week. I'm thinking of one creative idea to do so that I'm always turning these wheels for three and four years from now. When my comedic um, flavors are, 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 are balanced. I'll be ready to do whatever the fuck's on the table for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So right now I don't, you know, it's, it's all workout, but it's all very fun. And I, I'm making money off the entertainment industry, which is a, a blessing because you know how fucking hard that is, man. Like to say that you can make a living entertaining is a dream. I don't care if you're making 50,000 a year, a hundred thousand a year, 30,000 a year. If you're making a living off of the entertainment industry, that's no, I can't, like, I, sometimes I almost want to cry. I'm just like, bro, like, what? I was delivering pizza four years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know what the fuck? Like, not, like, I, even two years ago, I was like, shit, dude, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I got to get my life together. I can't be doing this Instagram stuff. I can't be at these events. Like, I'm going nowhere. And then one day it all just clicked and I was making money. It's like literally every day I was waking up the cash apps and cash apps and PayPal's and come 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 to this event come to that event can you be a part of this can you be a part of that review my music shoot my music video it's like what the fuck dude so um it's all a workout but i'm getting paid to be in it so it's a beautiful thing man yeah because no one teaches you like when you're young no one teaches you that you can you don't have to go with the norm like you you can make money through entertainment or be your own boss and no one ever like teaches you that and 
congratulations for doing that. You said it was too, what happened? Like what flipped that switch like two years ago? So yeah, like I started my Instagram page like four years ago and that gave me leverage because I was shooting for major artists in the city. Um, and it just gave me leverage because they vouched for me as in like, this guy's, a, this guy's cool. Like this guy is not a fucking, you know, he's not trying to steal or like, he's not a culture vulture like type shit. Because when you're not African-American, I guess, in the city of Detroit, a lot of people are like, well, who's this fucking Chaldean guy or Arabic guy or white guy? What do you think you're doing here? Like, this is our thing, not your thing. So the major artists, like including Sada Baby, vouched for me instantly saying like, yo, this dude, this cat's a real cat. Like he's here to be here. He's not here because he's trying to just be here. He wants to be in the entertainment industry. Like, so once I initially got that vouch, and I was proving myself because I was shooting music videos that were, you know, phenomenal. And I was getting millions of views on my music videos I was shooting and editing. I slowly just started diving into my roots of comedy acts and stuff like that, which people accepted right away. Um, year one, year two was just me shooting music videos, shooting a music video for three to $500, maybe sometimes $1,000 getting lucky. And just constantly grinding and grinding and grinding, but it was no, almost no money. It's almost like you're starving to survive. Like, you know, you're barely making it. And then I think two years ago, it just all finally clicked. I, my fan base was at like 10,000 followers. And it was just enough circulation of my content for me to always stay relevant because I was constantly producing content, high quality content or very good content. I was going viral maybe once a month, like I would make something and everybody would share it. So I was always staying relevant. And then last year was the best note because like it was just constantly staying relevant off the fan base I had built and gaining new traction. Because when somebody comes to your page and they see you have 15,000 followers, they're more likely to subscribe and see what you're all about. So it was just a matter of building a fan base, staying extremely consistent, going viral here and there and having support from major players in the city. Because also when people see that ma major players are supporting, you know, Sada Baby, Halava, DJ BJ, and all these major guys, GMAT Cash, there is more, uh, you know, trust in me. There's more like, hey, this guy's the real deal. So it's just progressively over time, you know, it's just an overtime thing. Just like college is like a four-year thing before it all soaks in, and then you figure out what degree you're going to take, and uh, you know, you know your job. It's just like that with the comedy world. You stick to it for like four or five years, you're gonna make a lit, maybe a living or a little bit below a living off of it if you stay consistent as fuck. So that's kind of the the last two years were the most consistent, and also the foundation was built. And not like the the consistency, not missing, like never missing. Like I'll see podcasts that started around the same time as mine and had the same like level. But when I see them take months off or like take weeks off of releasing episodes, I realize, okay, I just have to, even if I'm not feeling it, just like stick through it and keep moving because that's the only way that the working out, you're going to get fat. If you stop working out, like you have yeah. to, you have to stay consistent. Consistency is key with it. How, uh, what, what year is your podcast and how, how relatively new is it? It's very new. It's, um, I'd say, uh, it's almost a year, but we're at, this is going to be episode 70 something because about uh -huh. three, the Rogan style about, I don't know, six months in, I was like the second half of the week I'm bored. I I'm doing stand up every night, but I want to do two episodes a week. So I started enter doing two interviews a week. And that was right when I started to pick up 
So for the past six months, I do two a week now, and I haven't even missed that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Two a week is two a week is actually pretty damn good. It's actually pretty damn solid. It's tough. It's tough sometimes, but also I love it. Like I love talking to people. I love stand up and I love talking to people. So if I can make money and try to figure out my life doing that, then it's perfect. Because, like, I'm a big fan of. I love the the Michigan scene and I love Buffalo. Like I love Griselda. I don't know if you listen to Boldy James. He's out of. I he's know out of Detroit, did. but he's part of Griselda and the the. That that scene I find the same way where it's um I don't know, it's just the consistency and putting out a lot of music at a consistent a pace. Um it it works, yeah. You said you knew Boldy. He is like a different style than everything else in the city. Yeah, yeah. Um there's a lot of comedians and artists out here that stand out and uh, you know, not all of them have major names, but a lot of like you know, obviously Jackpot the Juice and Ha Ha Davis are yeah. from Detroit. But then there's also uh, Josh. I don't know if you know Josh Adams from Detroit. He's kind of like a gem we have in the city too. He his social media is relatively not like totally uh, booming, but if you go see him on stage, dude, fucking that's a real comedian. God damn it, that's a real fucking comedian. You you can't put half of the you can't put any of the social media comedians on a stage that will stand against Josh Adams. That's a real life comedian. You have um, to do it every day. You have to be consistent yeah. with it. Like yeah. I, I go five, I get up on stage five days a week. Like ridiculous. What's the, what uh, plate club do you perform at the most? Um, I would say right now, cause it's quarantine. Um, I mean, I guess things are opening back up now, but during the past year I was performing a lot in Providence, Rhode Island. Cause Rhode Island was open. There's a club named Askew. Mm-hmm. shout out Askew great club i'm doing a show there may 22nd if you want to buy tickets go to sandbuckcomedy.com <laughs> um, but askew um there's a club called the comedy studio in boston which before was like a great place that you could get up and i mean it's all over a lot of it is bar shows too a lot of it is just yeah. like travel it doesn't matter where i can perform as long as i can get up on stage you know it's like i love doing it i just did one outdoors at faneuil hall in boston which is like an outdoor market um Mm. an outdoor show with people just walking by and i I loved it it's just are you more of uh engaging with the audience or are you like kind of just stick to the script or like what kind of uh, i engage with the i i I like to tell stories and i like to be like i'm not like a one-liner joke teller but I like to engage with the audience because it, it's like conversations. I like talking to people. So even if I'm on stage, I like to like have the audience understand what I'm saying. So I need to understand them a little bit. Right on. Yeah. Uh, one, no, one, why haven't you ever done it? You should, you um, just... Man, honestly, to tell you the truth, I am going to one day. Um, it's it, it's. I think it's fear for sure, which is okay. I know I'm going to get through it and just get on stage and just get over it. Uh, I think I can do it, man. I really do. I think I can do it. Uh, I, I just got to get through the fear and do it. Talking to you makes me want to do it more. And I hate that because my adrenaline's rushing thinking about it. <laughs> but yeah, my adrenaline is really just rushing, which is really wild because I'm not shy of people. I just know that being a comp uh, comedian is a real thing. It's not like, uh, like I just said, there's, um, there's comedians with millions of followers on Instagram that 
they can go on stage and they'll bomb. They, they will bomb. Like they will do terrible. Like they will do terrible. And then there's comedians who just like Josh Adams, not the biggest social media fan base, but that's a real comedian. So I also don't want to disrespect the craft. So I'm going to do it very slowly and very gradually. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to, I want to do it like, just like how you said, like open mic night, fucking hop in and see what you got. I probably should have took the opportunity when Mike Stanley was here because I could have just gotten on the stage. Yeah, you were working at a comedy club. Yeah, I could have like, hey, Mike, like, can I just try this shit? You know, the doorman even get on stage. So I uh, I should have probably taken the opportunity. <laughs> Do you probably see uh, like rappers like that or uh, musicians like that where they take it as like a hobby where they'll do it like, you know, they're not actually a pro like the artists that make it are the ones who are putting the most time into it. It's to get to that 10,000 hours, you know? Yeah. I got to check it out, man. I, I'm also in a band, so it's like... Are you, what do you much, play? I play the drums, man. So I... <laughs> you never post that shit. I had no idea. Yeah, we were... Um, I, You might not know these things, but like, I don't know if you ever heard of Arts Beats and Eats or Dally in the Alley. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, we were... We, we performed there um, last year fucking crazy shit we were on the newspaper for detroit news we were like for some reason dally in the alley which is like one of the biggest events here we were front page uh our band was literally front page first time performing damn uh, what's your band's name avatar mode a-v-a-t-a-r mode and uh it's insane but like yeah man i'm just i mean like once the band because covid kind of slowed us down once the band comes up i'm gonna be performing twice a week with them and i got the social media thing and then i got I gotta find time. I'm making excuses, but I gotta you're fucking bu- no, find you're time. Busy. You're busy, and it is something that, time. like, you listen to. You once you start, you have to like dive headfirst in it. You can't like dabble in it, so it's hard to make that first step. Yeah, man. I don't want to get into it. Just like you're saying right now, I don't want to get into it and just be like, oh, all right, and walk out. And yeah. Come back six months later. Like, I want to. If I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it the right way. What genre of music do you guys play? Avatar mode um so i think it's i mean i guess you can call it um god damn it, we always like talk about uh indie post rock post rock like uh you know like you know if you want to mix radiohead muse dave matthews band and um bad bad not good and uh explosions in the sky i guess you could say a tame impala like just fucking yeah put that in a jumbo stew and and we are we're there somewhere <laughs> <laughs> how long have you been doing how long has that band been to well i've been playing drums we've been together for more than 15 years uh, okay like 12 to 15 years never took it seriously until the past two years and right when we started taking it seriously we were getting on shows all the time and recording stuff and people really dig our style now, i'll send you a link to it i'll send you I'd a link to it. yeah i'd love to hear that that's cool that it happened two years ago and that you, I feel like there were two types of people over this past year, especially like people who didn't do shit, literally just shut down for the year or people who actually like went out and it's like, well, if other stuff isn't open, let me try to um, move with the change with the times and actually build over this year. Cause some people just took this year off, like almost as if it didn't happen and didn't do shit and they're not going to be able to join back up when it opens back like you can't just take a year of your life off not in the entertainment industry dude no well it's it is cool like uh ape shit i was is one of my favorite me i love that music video and i didn't even <laughs> know you directed it until like recently when i started watching your podcast and then i went back and i was like 
oh shit this is like a, <laughs> you've been doing this a long time oh yeah i mean uh, social media wise four years you know four or five years but as far as life goes i've been you know let's yeah. say a good 10 year run you said you're making you want to make a movie in the future you want to do but right now it's just like the podcast and like do you have anything planned coming up um so right now it's uh you know i shoot music videos that's how that's the bread and butter um i have have any coming up um yeah i got plenty coming up just people you wouldn't know or you know just people you would not know at all but you know who should i listen to shit man you got me on the spot now <laughs> usually you see music videos is kind of an under it's like shooting commercials sometimes where like you know it's like nobody you know it's hard to explain i can't get into it but no i you want to be shitting on i understand you can't shit yeah. where you eat i understand yeah so so <laughs> you're always shooting music videos music videos like i shoot all the time people only people show up at, at video shoots and like oh shit you're directing this constantly because it's like i don't promote that i'm shooting music videos because i don't have to Mm-hmm. which is a blessing it's like a blessing that i don't have to i don't have to promote shit really anymore which is amazing like maybe a story post i have to say like but i haven't had to say that i shoot music videos in four years and i still get booked for them every week i haven't said that to you know send your music for review too often and they get sent i haven't had to invite too many people to my podcast i don't have to do too much anymore because my name is established enough where it just circulates on its own but um just constantly in the entertainment scene in detroit I, I'm lucky that I'm getting to be able to do whatever the fuck I want and people support me because I saw a lot of other directors trying to do what I do or trying to start different things and just not given that respect to do both things. Like I know directors that try to make music now, they don't get that respect. I know directors that try to do comedy, don't get the respect, try to do podcasts, don't get the respect. For some reason, people are allowing me to do skits allowing me to do a music review podcast, allowing me to interview guests, allowing me to shoot music videos and do all these projects, whatever the fuck I really want to do and constantly supporting the shit out of me. And it's just a fucking blessing, dude. I'm not going to lie. It's just insane. It's really insane. And it's awesome. And I I am a fan and there's a reason you, you have something to give the universe and it's, it's cool to see. And I, I appreciate you coming on and talking about it. And it's nice meeting you, you know, not in person, but through zoom. Thank you for, coming on of course man of course anytime uh sam buck right that's how yeah, I sam buck. what's your uh instagram so you can plug your shit so people can watch yeah the instagram is at kid.l.video so kid.l.video awesome and if you're ever in new york i'll hit you up and you can i'm gonna get you up on stage <laughs> oh yeah fuck yeah stage. you're definitely the person i need to support <laughs> me man i feel like your vibes would be so so crucial for me to be have the confidence yeah no uh and then i'll just shit on you uh on a comedy <laughs> review i'll do a comedy <laughs> review podcast and you're shitting on yeah. me. But no, <laughs> thank you for coming on man it was nice meeting you